You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. Most of us who are doing virtual primary care now have really just started in the last few weeks as a result of the pandemic. So you might have started not by choice, but because you've shifted your whole practice or you're self-isolating or you're providing care to patients who are self-isolating. You've probably made this change with little more than 48 hours to plan and probably have had no new equipment. And now you want to know, how can you MacGyver yourself into providing better remote care? This is Primary Care in a Pandemic. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm a medical anthropologist working in primary care at the University of British Columbia's Department of Family Practice. And I'm Morgan. I'm a family doctor working in the inner city and faculty in the Department of Family Practice. We're both part of the Primary Care Innovation Support Unit, or the ISU. In this episode, we'll explore some tips and tricks for getting yourself set up to provide better virtual care. So in all types of work and play, we're shifting to virtual. And thank goodness for the internet. I mean, it's allowing us to do things that we wouldn't normally be able to do. We can still connect socially, and we can provide care, too. Yeah, but it is different, and it's a big change that's happened so fast for so many. COVID-19 and the rapid transition to virtual care has really decreased face-to-face interactions, and it's all been necessitated by the pandemic. This has triggered a really rapid move to remote options for primary care. And a lot of existing telehealth programs that were kind of established by health authorities for remote care have really been carefully designed and tested with infrastructure support provided to ensure that care is possible. And most family doctors are not telehealth engineers. That's true. I mean, most of us aren't. Um, But some of us have experience that can be applied to telehealth today. And this episode, we did not want to talk about technology. Well, not much about technology, at least. Right. And not specific brands. Lots of people are doing really good work to help you there. Rather, we want to really talk about how to adjust your telehealth work in a few key ways to make it better for your patients and more sustainable for you. Now, we don't all have home studios set up for telehealth, uh, but we can learn a bit from those who do. And we're going to talk to a few people today who have some experience and share some tips and tricks. Perhaps the move to virtual care actually gives us a chance to rethink our workflows a little bit differently. Certainly a lot of things are changing, but let's consider as a team the kinds of visits that you want to have, and and they can be different than the traditional face-to-face visits in your office. And here are kind of the four ideas that we were talking about that that might be helpful to consider. The first is replacing a usual face-to-face visit, and this is usually what everyone thinks about when they think about telehealth. The second is quick triage. Assessing if there's a need for physical assessment. A short visit to get a bit more history. The third is focusing on follow-up results. These are quick check-ins to review a result, either by a lab or or the patient. And the fourth would be safety check, reaching out intentionally to your more vulnerable populations to make sure they're getting support, food, and coping okay with the massive change that's happening around us. And I think these are important because a, a video call or a phone call can be quite a bit shorter We don't have to sort of think of things in our standard 10 or 15 minute visits. We can really use these different quick check-ins. I think that's great. It's important though to let your patients know the kind of visit it's going to be and and have your staff telegraph that. If it's a quick visit, make sure they know that it's going to be just a quick check-in. Otherwise, they might be expecting a lot longer of a visit. Also, really think about who's going to provide the different kinds of visits. If you're working in a team, now you can really establish some protocols about who's doing what. Chronic disease management, counseling, results review, and how that's really going to work virtually. Yeah, I mean, all those are, are, are great ways to keep patients understanding what's happening and also having clear roles across the team. And, you know, the last thing about types of visits, let's not forget about some of the other options there are for virtual care. So we've talked 
at the beginning here mostly about that synchronous phone or telehealth video visit, but there are other asynchronous communications that are important. So you can create messages for all of your patients, either generally for your whole practice or specifically for individuals, and then share them. So important to note that if you're going to do a general announcement to people and put it on a social media platform, don't do anything specific for individual patients that way. If you want to say something about your practice, change in in how things are working, that's totally fine, but nothing specific for an individual patient on any social media. You can also encourage patients to share information with you before the visit. Given that everything's virtual, there's no reason that they have to wait until they see you to show you their blood pressure results. So ask them to send it early, and then you can have a look beforehand. Some of the EMRs out there, the electronic records, and even some telehealth solutions have secure messaging features, so you can use those. And then the last one uh, is telehome monitoring. I know in our region, the uh, telehome care has expanded in, in the last couple of weeks to try to help support vulnerable patients at home with more monitoring so that you can get some physical findings through the devices. So check with your local region to see if there's a, a service out there that might be an option. When we were thinking about this idea of tips and tricks for virtual care, we reached out to Dr. John Pavlovich, who's been supporting his patients in rural remote communities through a combination of face-to-face and virtual visits for over a decade. So what tips would you have for someone in terms of office setup when they're looking to transition to virtual visits really quickly? I would suggest a quiet space in your, in your home. You need various bits of equipment. Ideally, uh, not only a platform for video conferencing, you need a telephone, you need access to your to remote into your electronic medical record. Ideally, uh, you need to be able to send electronically um, lab reports or either through fax or e-fax. That, that's what I use. In addition to John's suggestion, really make sure that your background's appropriate. No hallways or windows behind you. Some people put up specific pictures or put a plant in the background. Little things can make a really big difference. Yeah, and all those things are, are really good to make the background consistent. But outside the room, on your closed door, add a sign outside that tells your family or whoever's in your house that you're actively seeing patients right now. In my house, I have a sign, and actually all three of us, including my son, have signs because now we're all doing uh, telehome schooling, telehealth uh, from home. So uh, we all have our own signs. The next thing is lighting. Lighting can make a huge difference. And if you haven't been in television or broadcast, you don't you don't think of this, but it makes a huge difference and it's not hard to do. I've seen so many people on video conference with the lighting that looks like they're using a flashlight to tell a ghost story. Don't do that. Really think about your lighting because you want your patients to be able to trust you and the lighting really helps with that. So you can avoid scary lighting really easily. <laughs> and, and if you have a big window, face the window. Don't put the window behind you. Otherwise, all the patients will see is a silhouette. Natural light is the best, and it's super cheap. Um, draw curtains if it's too bright, and soften the light that way. Yeah, that's, that's really important. And that natural light is so easy. If you don't have that, then put a bright light up in front of you, sort of behind the, the monitor, if you're going to be looking at the monitor, and uh, above you, probably, you know, off to about 30 to 45 degrees to one side and above you. And that'll give you um, some good lighting uh, down towards you. And if you can, add a diffuser to that light. Now, this could just be some tissue paper taped up in front, and that'll just soften that light, make it look like, you know, light on a cloudy day. Again, it makes a huge difference. If you um, do have one of those large round paper lamps, 
that will work wonderful too, because it's just, it's just such a big light source. So use something like that if you have it. And the next thing to think about is, is how to get better audio. Um, so first, you know, spend a few minutes learning how to adjust audio settings on your computer and in whatever tool you're using. That way, when it changes, and it absolutely will change, things will go wrong, um, you can quickly set it back the way you need it. And definitely wear headphones to reduce echo and keep the conversation confidential in your house. Yeah, headphones is a good one. And it's easy, just even the little earbuds are great. You probably have a couple of microphones around the house. Test them all. Your computer has one, most likely. You possibly have them on your headphones. Uh, you might have a USB or a plug-in microphone. Try them all out with somebody from your clinic or uh, a friend. Uh, test them through the internet and see what sounds better and which ones you're getting better sound and less echo from. Then use that one. Make sure that, again, in your settings, you make sure you turn it on for your telehealth visits. And get the, mouth, the microphone really close to your mouth, uh, but not right in front of it. Keep it just kind of off to the side to get the best sound. This way you'll get less hiss, less room noise, and not too much of the <sighs> breathing sounds. Um, that's it. <laughs> much better audio. Yeah, that technique at the end is really, is really important. If you get close, it sounds way better, but then you might get those lip-smacky noises. So try not to, to do that. Keep it off to the side, just a smidge. So the, the next one is video. I mean, this is telehealth. We've got video going on. First one is camera position. You might not be able to go buy some fancy camera, but just know where your camera is to start with. Ideally, it's not below you. If you're using a laptop, raise the laptop up a bit. Prop it up so the camera's higher. Nobody wants to see your nose and inside your nose. Don't sit too close. You don't want that sort of Blair Witch Project shot. And if you have two screens, uh, make sure your camera and your EMR are on the same screen so that you can glance back and forth and it doesn't look like you're turning away from whoever you're speaking with. And that's a really good point, because oftentimes the, you don't know which camera's on if you've got two screens, and you'll be looking to the side and patients will only see your profile. They'll think that you're not paying attention to them when what you're trying to do is also read something important in the chart for them. So make sure that you're kind of lined up. And the last trick we've already talked about, the camera in your laptop or your, or your monitor will get better just by using the brighter lighting. That would just make the quality so much better. So, so just make sure you've got the better lighting. And the other thing that's really important when, you th when you're thinking about, you know, how to really improve these kind of visits is spending a little bit of time thinking about your internet quality. Bad in internet can just wreak havoc on virtual visits. So plug your computer into the network. Try not to use Wi-Fi if you have that, that as an option. And it's much more stable that way. You can also ask your family to turn down their streaming while, while you work, if you can. Might be a little bit challenging. <laughs> yeah, you might not be able to, talking about stable, you might not be able to do that. The other thing you can do from home, at least temporarily, is bump up your internet from whatever you have right now to a higher tier. Costs a little bit more, but makes a huge difference. So I'd recommend at least 100 megabits per second download speeds and at least 10 megabits per second upload. When you're doing video, you need to have about that amount so that you've got the, uh, the wiggle room in case things get slow. If you're using a VPN, and you'll know if you are, all of the traffic could be routed through that. And that can also slow things down. So if you can turn off the VPN, you might have to consider that. It is less secure, so it's a bit of a balance. And it's not always possible with all EMRs. So check with your EMR vendor about that. And the last thing we'll talk about today is really straightforward, but also really easy to forget. When you're providing virtual care, think about moving. Sarah, I totally agree. It's so easy for us just to click next on the computer, right? If you're on YouTube or social media of any kind, or if you're in your telehealth app, you know, just clicking next is so, so quick. And, and you just, before you know it, you haven't moved at all. In our offices, it's different. We're moving around all day between patients. We're in the hallways, we're handing off papers or whatever it is, but you're moving. 
in an efficient telehealth office, you've lost all that. You've ergonomically designed it so you barely have to move anything. Uh, and we have to remember to move because you really get tired without that. If you have a standing desk, that's great. You can move that up and down throughout the day. John has a couple additional tips about this as well. I have a gel mat that I stand on. Um, so, and ideally, um, uh, you know, without shoes on. So, uh, so you can actually do um, calf raises, you know, toe raises and, and where you stretch your calves and you just go up and down and up and down and um, you can stretch out your legs and, and, and your arms and shoulders. So you do all this quietly in the background between patients and uh, it makes a tremendous difference. Um, you actually feel better if you, if you stand uh, as you know, for the majority of the day and do these little tricks, you actually can have a value added bit. We encourage our patients to move. And yet in this new virtual environment, we may have lost some of the movement we take for granted during the day ourselves. So it's really important to sneak in a little bit of extra movement intentionally during the day. So that's it. Five areas to think about that improve your virtual visit experience for you and your patients. Thanks for listening to Primary Care in a Pandemic. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 